This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. This is your host, Sandy Scarlatta, and I am so happy you're here. First of all, I want to thank each and every one of my listeners for all the five-star reviews, and I'm so proud to announce that because of you, Happiness Solved Podcast is now in the top 0.5% globally and growing. We just had our biggest month ever with over 85,000 downloads. So I have a question for you to ponder. Are you reaching your full potential or is something holding you back? I am grateful to announce the launch of the Peak Performance Mindset Academy, where you will discover strategies designed to transform your mindset and shatter your performance ceilings. Envision feeling unstoppable and confident in any professional or personal situation. Don't wait to start living your best life. Text PEAK to 26786 and begin to embrace the power within you. So when you text PEAK to 26786, you will receive access to my new book, Peak Performance Secrets. And as a special gift to you, the first 100 people who download Peak Performance Secrets will receive a three-month trial membership into the Peak Performance Mindset Mastermind at the reduced rate of only $19.95 per month. So don't wait. Text PEAK to 26786. Thank you for listening today. And remember, happiness is a choice and the choice is yours. Enjoy the show. Nick Witherell, so excited to be talking with you today. This is going to be such a fun conversation and I'm just beyond thrilled. How's it going? It's great. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. I love talking to fellow athletes uh, because... You know, it's, it's just kind of like, I work with athletes as well as a mindset coach, uh, or I call like peak performance coach. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the thing is, is like athletes, when you've got that grit and you develop that resilience to just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing, they're the best leaders. They're the best leaders. Yes. And is. you're right there. Case in point, you yep. were. Um, uh, you, let's see, you played college basketball yeah, and you were actually, um, recruited by Tony Bennett, who's one of the top, uh, basketball coaches right now. I was Tony Bennett's first recruit. So my, at the end of my sophomore year of high school, his, he was, his dad was coaching at Washington state university. His dad retired and Tony became head coach. So I committed to Washington State University for Tony after my soft, after my sophomore year in the summer circuit of club basketball. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that was his first his first commitment, his first recruit. But you know, during my junior and senior years of high school, aka his first two years of coaching Washington State, he took them from like bottom of the Pac-10 to a a, a powerhouse, a Sweet 16 team. So I got a little bit over recruited. You know, I was the same recruiting class as Clay Thompson. Nice. Uh, same position. So now, you know, so yeah, it was tough. But Okay, so yeah. from a mindset perspective, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talk about him. What do you think set him apart and how he was able to take a team from, as you said, more on the bottom level all the way mm-hmm. up? 
what what made the difference like what in his coaching style or technique mm-hmm. what was his sweet sauce that helped propel that team up that's a great question he had so there's a multitude of things uh from a discipline standpoint he was one of the most disciplined uh, people in general I've ever been around. So there was this one drill we did every day called three on three closeout. You're basically left on an island to guard one on one versus the other other guys at your position. But it was also team aspect mixed in. Anyways, we wouldn't we wouldn't he wouldn't let us move on to the next drill until we he, he felt that was perfected every day. Okay. And it was an intensive drill, so it's it wasn't a very like you know sexy drill if you will. You know it was all pure defense. Some days some days we'd be doing that for an hour and a half. I, and we'd have a you know two hour practice. So, um, so the discipline to the defensive end was was phenomenal. And he just, I'd say the second part is that he just absolutely knew his style, and he objectively recruited, rather than relying on recruiting services or this or that. He didn't care what your ranking was. He didn't care about the politics. He would literally he would watch recruits and say, I like that guy, even though he's a two star recruit. I think he's going to be great. And then next thing you know, he recruits the guy, guy ends up starting, you know, ends up going playing pro overseas or an NBA. And everyone's like, what? This guy wasn't, this guy was a nobody, but so he doesn't. And then from a strategy um, perspective and tactics on the floor, he, he had his ways and he stuck to it. So, and everyone bought, and then he recruited good, good kids. So everyone bought in and, mm-hmm. uh, so we just had that happen recently. Um, the first Brown pick for the NBA mm-hmm. was, a, um, I can't remember his name. I'm sure you know, he's from France. Yeah, Victor Wembanyama. Yes, but he was recruited from college. Like the college, his college went overseas, found him mm-hmm. and brought him here. And he was the first round draft pick for the NBA. I mean, how amazing is that? Yeah, no, it, does, it doesn't hurt to be seven five also. Well, it doesn't hurt to be seven foot five. You're right. <laughs> it's just that I think it just seems like, you know, when when the colleges or, high, you know, when you're, whether you're looking for college recruits, professional re- recruits, you know, what what have you, I think that, 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 that makes a big difference is the actual coach is really looking at them because they coaches can see the potential in people that maybe the scouts may not the scouts are going to know yeah they're they're good yeah but they're looking at stats they're looking at statistics okay how many points do they get what are their average points per game and what are you know all of those things whereas the coach is looking at talent and is like oh yeah how are you going to fit into the system and yeah yeah, like how can i you know yeah are you going to be a good fit how are you going to win you so yeah no it's pretty awesome that's really awesome. All right. Well, we may come back to sports in a minute, yeah. but you are the CEO and founder of the Bino Board. Yep. Bino Board. I'm saying it correctly, right? I know I practiced this a few times before I hit record. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Bino, it's like the Portuguese pronunciation, Inio. Inio in Portuguese means like little. So like, you know, uh, a lot of famous uh, European football players will um, add Eno to the end of their name and keep it through their professional career. And um, I mean, so basically little soccer, that's what our game is or little sports, you know, whatever you want to call it. Okay. So it is the newest and most viral finger flicking tabletop game that you can bring anywhere. 
and you have expanded and you have licensing licensing deals with some pretty pretty big names and um it's in dick's sporting goods as well yeah so dick's we're that we're starting a trial with them this summer so it's not officially in stores yet okay. um dick's will be uh so they're in the negotiation process we're almost there it's kind of been like you know they've been really busy we've been really busy um and so we're back re-engaged with them talking about it um but we are signed from a licensing aspect we're signed with uh, liverpool and arsenal out of the premier league in the uk um the usl here in america club america from mexico city the biggest mexican team and then um we have some other deals in the works um but the licensing deals are are pricey and they add a lot of skews to the the plate so we're taking taking it slow and really going back to you know, the approach of focusing on our main product and the game and the comp competition. Yeah. So, okay. First of all, because I have a couple of questions I want to ask about this game, but, but, but how did you create this game? Was this off season? I'm just going to go on the assumption that you're not doing drinking games while you're playing basketball in college, right? So when you're off season, you're playing around with your buddies, you come up with this game, like how did, how did that unfold? Yeah, so I created the game maybe five years out of college. Mm. So I was already, I had worked in some other jobs and to relative success, but didn't like any of them. Um, and so through, through, through playing FIFA on Xbox, I got, my friends and I got really into European soccer um, and started following it like crazy and saw like games that were made by hand and made out of wood, from like Central and South America. Um, where they were flicking a quarter into like a little kind of goal area. Generally, same concept. Um, but I was like, man, that'd be so cool if there was like a soccer version of this, where you could like try to score on a goal and player pieces and you could shoot off the walls like futsal and whatnot. Um, and um, so I just went to Home Depot because after going on Am after going on Amazon and Google, I saw there was nothing available online, anything relative to what I had in mind. And so I was like, well, I guess I got to make this myself. So I went to Home Depot, Michaels, some other places, got all these raw materials. And with, with some turf and some wood, hammering nails, rubber bands, a couple of marbles from a toy shop, I basically came up with the first model. And my friends and I started posting it on Instagram all the time. And so within those next couple of months, I realized through, um, you know, back and forth conversations with a friend of mine who also was part of a retail startup that you know, we need to get this to like, you know, we need one main model to sell that's actually manufactured, not just made by hand by me in my backyard. So, right. Wow. Yeah. So, so how did your competitive nature, basketball, college basketball career, how did that help in influencing you to really want to push this forward? Cause it's another compete competition. It's another way to compete. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. I, I really like to think outside the box and like abstract, you know, from an abstract perspective. And to me, I was competing against the idea of what I wanted for my life. Okay. And so I'd, I'd gone from job, I'd been in the mortgage industry and didn't like it. Then I went and did some sales at a tech company, didn't like it. Then I started my own stuff where I started a basketball training business and it was just physically exhausting. I'm like, man, I really have to make do this for my life. My back will give out in a couple of years if I do. Um, and then I, was, then I started selling life insurance, which was great because you worked from home. You know, it was, relatively easy money was good, but I'm like, is this really my legacy? Like I'm just gonna sell life insurance. Like I don't have any passion for it. It's kind of right. morbid really. 
Um, and so as soon as this idea came up, I, so basically I had eliminated through the competitive aspect of, I don't want that. I don't want that. I'm going to compete towards what I want. I'm going to at least allow for that idea to come to me um, through, you know, knowing what I want, which maybe that's something, you know, that stems from what I learned from Tony Bennett, just knowing what you want, or at least, you know, working towards that and, and sticking to it and without budging. And so when this idea came around, people thought I was crazy for quitting life insurance the first day I conceived this. I didn't sell wow. another deal after that. And I, cause I didn't care if I was broke. I didn't care about any, you know, any of that kind of stuff. I was just like, I want to do something I love or I'll just go ahead and be homeless because I'm not working for anyone. And again, and I'm also not going to do something I don't love. Well, and it's interesting that you said you got to know what you want, but sometimes to figure out what you want, you have to figure out what you don't want. It, that's exactly. And, and as you a need young, that contrast. You need that contrast. And if I didn't yeah. at least put myself out there and try random things, like I worked at a mortgage company, then, you know, at Yelp, and started my own random businesses. If I didn't do those, I wouldn't have known, hey, you know, basketball training sounded so awesome. Like you make good money per hour, but you don't think about at that age, you know, sometimes you're, you're not seeing stuff that you don't know that it exists yet. Like you don't know that right. I was gonna be, it was going to be so exhausting. I was like, this is awesome. Like training four kids an hour or each, you know, 120 bucks an hour is awesome. But, you know, then you start to realize. And um, yeah, so I'm glad I'm, we made, I made it to here though, but uh, yeah, but I, I know I knew exactly what I didn't want, and uh, that that was the hard part about it. That of course, and it is, and you're still young, and and here's the thing, you know, life is so short, and you have to, you know, it's that purpose and that passion, you know. I mean, for, for you know, selling life insurance can be a very lucrative rewarding career for many, many people. And that's awesome, right? It just wasn't for you. And that's okay. And you recognize that. So why stay in the grind, right? And I think that's, I'm hoping that it's at least in the United States, I've seen a lot of it more worldwide than I have so much in the United States, just because I talk to so many people, that there is a shift taking place where people aren't buying into the conditions that are placed on us through society, right? Because like our parents, our grandparents know, you know, if you go to college, cause that was, it was a privilege for some, you know, like my mom and dad didn't go to college. Yeah. Um, but, you know, then you get your job and you, you grind and you, you put in your time, you put that yeah. time, you, you get that pension, you retire and, well, and then you're six feet under. I mean, that's, and, and it's the, it's that whole grind and that conditioning that this is what you're supposed to do. And, but that's not always what's best for you as a, as a human being. And, you know, life is short. Why not go after it? If that's what you want, like, and like you said, yeah. there are, I met in the life insurance industry, I met people that truly did absolutely love it. Yeah. And they came excited. And, you know, one of my mentors, uh, one of, the, one of the companies I work for, he just came in every day, just so excited. He would just read life insurance books and tax books and, you know, but he loved it. And so, um, but yeah, I, I love that, that. That's exactly the way I think about things. It's just from a completely objective perspective. And it's difficult because society, some people allow the weight of society to impact their thought process. Right. Decision. But in, in my mind, I've really learned, especially through the last couple of years, that your gut feeling is often very much correct relative to yourself mm -hmm. and um 
what does what's you know obviously there's an importance to adapting to society relatively speaking but um yeah yeah well you um, know what now you've created this product which gets into to the next topic around this game and that is your boy talk about being happy right when you're playing this game <laughs> any type of game because mm -hmm. it's one of those things that you know you don't have to it doesn't have to be a drinking game kind of thing right mm -hmm. i'm sure that it's going to be very it's very popular in colleges and things like that because you know people will turn almost anything into a drinking game but let's forget about that aspect of it because what i want to just remind people of is that to sit down and play a game, whether it's a game like yours or you're playing Monopoly or tic-tac-toe with a five-year-old or, you know, whatever, you're using a different part of your brain, number one, but it's that joy that you get. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that innocent joy that we all maybe hopefully remember from when we were a kid and playing board games and things like that. And I mean, those are the simple things in life that people need to really start to wake up and say, you know what, let's take some time and play a game and have fun with it. Yes, absolutely. And it, having fun is the key, key phrase I, I take from all that because, you know, whether you're working, no matter what, you know, having fun along the journey is, is so vital to remember. And that, that's just, um, you know, our game is fun for literally everybody because five-year-olds, two-year-olds, like even two-year-olds that can't even speak yet, understand the concept of trying to score the ball into a, a goal area. But, you know, it's a great college, college drinking game. It's a great family game. Uh, it's great. We've sold to retirement homes. We've sold, you know, to pretty much every demographic. Anyone yeah. with a thing. Um, Anybody with fingers can play. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's a challenging game. You know, people will say, oh, that looks so easy. It's like when people say that and you know, Instagram or whatever, I'm like, all right, I'll play you and I'll beat you 7-0 for the first 10 times we play, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it also keeps people coming back because, you know, it's not so easy to score. Right. right. And, uh, which, but it's really, it's fun, that fun challenge. And it's just a good, you know, innocent play. It can get crazy, but yeah, it's, uh, it's great to see people having just an awesome time and connecting off of a digital device. Yeah. Well, because that's just it. And, you know, um, there's so much talk these days, you know, and um, they were talking about <clears throat> how we're, we have somewhat of a loneliness epidemic going on right now in the United States that's kind of the lingering from COVID and so many people working remotely and they're isolated and whatnot. And what better way to find connection with other people than to have a game? Exactly. And, and I even accounted for that type of thinking in designing this game like for instance um you know the, the turf slows the ball down would actually so that actually makes the game play faster because when i shoot the ball will stop faster meaning you get to shoot faster rather than if the ball was rolling on like a, a wood you know imagine how long it would take for that marble to stop rolling on wood compared to if it's rolling on a turf carpet right. type of um and so basically it keeps that you know 2023 attention span happy because our right. attention shortening and so that was a big part of the design process um but yeah like the, the the loneliness aspect you know so is is um is that something that's something that we're trying to attack and uh, just just to connect people 
and and because it's so easy to just to flick a ball, uh, you know, it, it it lowers like people's guards and they're able to connect. And so we've seen so many different dynamics of people connecting, you know, at, at, at different events we go and show up to, which is pretty awesome. Well, and and you know what? It's a great team building event or team building game for for businesses. Um, so anybody listening out there in leadership roles like this, that is like the perfect type of team building event that you can have with your teams. Um, there's, it's like, there's, it's limitless really. <clears throat> it is. Of, uh, it, yeah. There's a lot of different like companies that we, we sell, we wholesale because we do custom boards. We will wholesale them, you know, 10 or 20 boards and they have company tournaments. Yeah. And company leagues. How's certain companies are because you can put their logo on it because you're customizing it you can customize it for any fraternity or corporation or your own you can create your own league yeah so you can do any customization um we yeah like you can put your the logo at center field uh, choose the turf color the line color the band color the entire product um you know screws in and out so you, you, you can customize player pieces, put new goals that we release on our, our website. So if you want the real netted goals or like chain link goals, um, different balls, you know, basically you can customize everything on this, this little plane pitch. And um, so, you know, we have some pretty big partnerships that we're working on in addition to our licensed stuff, which we can't wait to share with everybody. That is uh, so exciting. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. So All right. Just, so. We're going to talk about the entrepreneurial aspect before we hit record. I was telling you how I get a lot of business owners and I love for the entrepreneurs that I talk with to give their advice because it's not easy. Um, so what was the driving force for you? Like we know it was your passion and, and your purpose, all of those things. However, when you're starting a company, it's so easy to just give up before because it can take time, right? I train, I also train people how to launch a podcast. Yeah. Most podcasters give up in the, after the first 10 episodes because they don't get results and they're not yep. looking at it like a business. The thing is, is like, you know, you have to be in it for the long haul. So what advice can you give to entrepreneurs, somebody who's starting out that wants to follow their passion? What did you do to keep your eyes set on the, the golden nugget, if you will, at the mm -hmm. end to keep you going. I think, you know, referencing earlier in the conversation, I think once I knew what I wanted out of a career in terms of like the parameters, that really helped clarify what, what I, that I was doing the right thing. So, you know, I had thought of all these different business ideas and none of them stuck, you know, so I had, I had started, um, you know, different little businesses here and there and they would fade out real quick. Right. And that's just, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I was looking for. But once you know what you're looking for, it really helps you have that fire underneath you when you come up with that business idea that, you know, you know, that you're sticking, it helps you stick to an idea. Right. And so the grind doesn't really become a grind because you know, it's exactly what you want. And it's for you, you're doing it for yourself. And when you're doing it for yourself, you know, you don't really worry about the outside world and, um, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Cause you know, you're going to be happy doing it, whether you make an insane amount of money, an average amount or not that much, you're doing it because you love it. And so it's going to bring you happiness. Yeah. Um, but usually when you're at your happiest, that's when you have the most success. So if you want financial success and 
happiness will help you get there at a higher probability than if you didn't. That's right. Yeah. So that's, so that helps with the grind, but you know, everything turns, you know, no matter what business it is, the more you grow, it pretty much all turns into the same thing. I got a certain size, like in the beginning days, there wasn't much to do here at Vino. So we just get the little couple things we needed to get done, done. And then we would play Beanie the rest of the day or hang out. And now it's like, now that we're a, a bigger company, you know, it, it turns into all the headache work of, you know, how do I get logged back into Facebook and get verified here? And, you know, task after task after task. Right. You know, but at the end of the day, we're, we were making games and we, we make it fun no matter what. Awesome. Well, and that's, that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. That's it. Right. Yeah. All right. So where can people find your game and uh, do you have a website and where people can follow you as well? Yeah. So our website, uh, beanyoboard.com. So B as in boy, I-N-H-O-B-O-A-R-D.com. We do, that'll have our entire full line collection of everything. Um, We're also available in about a hundred retail stores right now across the country, which on the bottom of beanyoboard.com, you can, you can find in the store locator. Um, we're also available um, on a couple online retailers as well in Canada and the States. So if you wanted to go another route, but we ship immediately from our website. So that's the best nice. place. Oh my gosh. I love what you're doing. Talk about not only just living the American dream, but just you're such a great example of somebody who you have an idea, you have a passion, you followed your gut and you went for it and now you're doing it. And um, there's nothing better then I like to highlight on my podcast our success stories like yours. So awesome. Um, I think my son, he responded. He, it's going to be uh, um, maybe something for a birthday gift for him. He's got a birthday coming up. So I'll hop on your website and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. no. and and he can introduce it to the University of Louisville, right? When he goes back oh, to college. Awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he'll be, they'll be having tournaments before you know it. Exactly. Anyone that likes sports will absolutely love this game because it's designed by a non-soccer player i'm just an overall sports fan well that's how my son is my son loves fifa and he's never he didn't like soccer okay i'm going to tell a quick story about my son i told you i wasn't going to spend my time (laughs) talking about him but i will when Mm -hmm. he played soccer it was the only sport you can put a three-year-old in at the Mm -hmm. time i don't know that there's many sports that takes three-year-olds but soccer does Mm -hmm. and uh, and he was he was running after the ball and somebody was running behind him and he ran off the field crying, thinking that this kid was chasing him. <laughs> oh, oh my God. That's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> uh, what goes through That stopped his soccer career, but he loves playing FIFA. And so, yeah, and he's a huge soccer fan. So, <laughs> not into it. However many, 20 years later, probably. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's right. This is what will get you. It's once you, yeah. as an American, you know, once you understand the game, you're like, wait a second, this is amazing. Well, Ted Lasso kind of helped a lot too. Yeah, there's a great bridge. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was obsessed. I mean, and I've never watched a soccer match in my life, you know, yeah. so, and I was, I'm obsessed. I love it. Now, yeah. Next step. Then it takes you to the next step. It's like the gateway. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. It's awesome. All right, Nick, thank you so much. And I wish you nothing but success moving forward. It's awesome. Thank you. I certainly hope that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family
are healthy and safe, and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.